Hi, this is Lexi of Read by AI. I read human curated content for you to listen during work, exercise, your commute, or any other time. Without further ado, Joe Biden is running for president by Dylan Scott from Vox. Ever since Biden declined to run in 2016, in an election resulting in Donald Trump's victory, he has said he came to believe he would have won and saved the country from a madman. I thought I was the correct candidate, Biden said in May 2017. He has reportedly told friends that in 2020, it's too big a risk not to run. So today, Biden announced he would pursue the presidency one more time. This marks the third presidential run for the former Delaware senator, who has spent his entire professional life in public office. He starts his run at the top of a very big pile of presidential contenders on the Democratic side, placing first in most early polls. One-third of Democrats pick him when asked. But this time, it's going to be a very different campaign. While America's 73-year-old Uncle Joe enjoys a little early front-runner status, the challenge for Biden is he no longer fits the rapidly changing party that nominated a young black senator over Clinton a decade ago. The Democratic Party is evolving. Not just in ideology, though Biden has always been a little more populist in his rhetoric compared to his policies, but also in identity. The party is starting to look younger and more racially diverse. It's more driven by women voters than ever before. Biden is a white man who would hit 80 in his first term. He's also going to run in a moment when the public is changing its views on what is acceptable male behavior. Over the years, the press has jokingly covered Biden's public antics with women, from handsy photos to borderline comments to overly affectionate embraces. That's not the approach media would take with a candidate today. Biden also chaired the Anita Hill hearings that sent Clarence Thomas to the Supreme Court, he's had to repent for how he handled them. Still, Biden should be taken seriously. He knows what it takes to campaign for president, even though his previous runs were miserable affairs, ending in scandal and obscurity. He can credibly claim the legacy of Obama, who is still universally popular with Democratic voters. Biden is overwhelmingly popular with them too. He's been quietly building a campaign for two years. He'll argue he's the guy who can take the White House away from Donald Trump. And Democratic voters might believe him. Joe Biden doesn't exactly look like the future of the Democratic Party. He's also failed before. Biden knows he has problems. Interviews like this one with Voge, in which he says he should apologize to Anita Hill for his role as Senate Judiciary Committee chair during the Thomas scandal, make that clear. He knows he'll have to answer these questions, that's the curse of a long public record. His story starts with tragedy, the death of his wife and daughter in a 1970s car crash. He became a well-liked senator from Delaware. He married Jill. Joe got the White House itch in 1988 and really started to establish some momentum in the Democratic primary. But then it surfaced that he'd plagiarized speech material. He pulled out of the race. In 2008, his nominal campaign barely registered. Yet as an established and well-regarded senator, he was the perfect partner to a greener Obama, who picked him as vice president. He had a substantive role there, overseeing stimulus programs and serving as a respected advisor on foreign affairs. He was an active presence in the Obama presidency, in a way some vice presidents have not been. But Biden's long record, his admittedly superior credentials for the job he seeks, is both an asset and liability. Times have changed and force Biden to change with them. 
He has some things in his past that disqualify him in the eyes in the young, active Democratic base. First of all, we all know what Biden is like. He is an extraordinary extrovert. It's why he's so broadly popular. But he does put his hands on people. I interviewed the vice president in his last year in office, and he gave my foot a squeeze to emphasize his point. There are videos like this one, in which he puts his hands on women at official photo ops. The most generous reading is the Veep is old-fashioned. But more recent stories, like that of Lucy Flores, reveal Biden as intrusive and disrespectful of women's personal space in a way that goes beyond a generational disconnect. Before announcing his run, Biden said he would try to do better. Biden is running in a party that just nominated and elected a record number of women to Congress. He faces an open question about whether he is the candidate for those suburban women who drove so much of the Democratic gains in the midterm elections. It's not just his behavior that will turn off some voters. His record as senator has some stains on gender and race and other issues important to the party's progressive base. Joe Biden's record, briefly explained. As Fox's Matthew Iglesias recently reviewed, Biden shares many of the same weaknesses cited by Obama and Bernie Sanders when they ran against Hillary Clinton in a Democratic primary. He voted for the Iraq War, as chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. In the tough-on-crime salad days of the 1990s, he voted for mandatory minimum sentences for drug trafficking and for increased funding for federal prisons and for mass incarceration. His long record underlines how much has changed since Biden first entered public life. Already, his comments from the 1970s regarding school busing to combat segregation have come under scrutiny. I do not buy the concept, popular in the 60s, which said, we have suppressed the black man for 300 years and the white man is now far ahead in the race for everything our society offers, Biden said in 1975, remarks the Washington Post surfaced in March. On abortion, too, Biden's history has been put under the microscope. He voted in 1981 for a bill that would have allowed states to overturn Roe v. Wade, as the New York Times recently reported, and once said he didn't believe a woman should have the sole right to say what should happen to her body. Biden has changed his stance on many issues, of course, bringing himself more in line with the Democratic Party of today. But some voters might find it difficult to dismiss the senator he once was. While Biden seems to connect with blue-collar workers, he's not a lefty populist in a field that should have a few of them. He's pretty mainstream, friendlier to corporate interests and more in favor of free trade compared to candidates like Elizabeth Warren. He was known in the Senate as a friend of banks. From Iglesias He spent his whole career in the Senate representing Delaware, a major center of the consumer credit side of the banking industry. He was so close to the local banking giant that he was jokingly referred to as the senator from MBNA, which has since been bought by Bank of America. This made him, among other things, a champion of mostly GOP-supported legislation in 2005 whose aim was to make it more difficult for hard-pressed families to discharge their credit card debt in bankruptcy. Biden probably won't run on Medicare for all, even if he'll proudly proselytize the Affordable Care Act. It adds up to a candidate who seems well behind the leftward winds driving his party. He personifies a return to the past, when the progressive grassroots might be looking for a new direction for the future. The man is not without admirable policy achievements. 
He spent his last months as vice president securing more than $1 billion in new funding for a cancer research initiative, personally invested in its success after Bo's diagnosis and death. The project was so popular that the Trump administration and the Republican Congress kept it going after they took over. Biden is still a popular, universally known Democratic candidate. Joe Biden is a hard guy not to like. Authenticity is a tricky thing in the show business of 21st century politics, but it's hard to really hate Joe Biden. 8 in 10 Democratic voters like him. He's currently a lot more popular than Donald Trump. And he's beating the president in hypothetical 2020 polls. His argument is principally an electability argument. He thinks he can beat Trump. He's not sure anybody else could, as the New York Times's Jonathan Martin and Alexander Burns reported recently. In one of his calls over the holidays, Mr. Biden repeated a variation of a line he has used publicly If you can persuade me there is somebody better who can win, I'm happy not to do it, he said, according to the Democrat he spoke to, who shared the conversation on condition of anonymity to discuss a private talk. But then Mr. Biden said something he has not stated so bluntly in public but I don't see the candidate who can clearly do what has to be done to win. Biden may see himself as somebody who could rumble with Trump on the debate stage like no other nominee could. Then again, he may underestimate how other candidates would fare. He might also have benefited from being viewed as a non-political figure. Now that Biden has entered the presidential campaign, he'll be the subject of attacks from the right and left. He has no real record of success as a presidential candidate without Barack Obama on the ticket. The vice president views himself as the last unifying figure in the Democratic Party, the torchbearer for the most successful Democratic presidency of a generation. But a lot has changed in the past two years. Joe Biden will have to prove he can keep up. Thank you for listening to Joe Biden is running for president by Dylan Scott. Please subscribe if you would like.